The long and winding road leads us here to the doorstep of the postseason. One win, a little bit of help away from ending 17 seasons of misery. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Now, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? He throws. Hello and welcome to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast. My name is Matt and Alex joins me once again. Hello, Alex. Hey, Matt. Uh, Real quick, I have a question for you. Uh, Have you ever wanted to uh, cut off someone's head at a funeral home? Uh, Probably wanted to cut off someone's head, but probably not in a funeral home. Why would you ask? Well, um, our our good friend Richie Incognito... uh, just you just figured he'd go cut off his dead dad's head at this funeral home. Oh, okay. Richie. <laughs> okay, that's um, that's how the uh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean uh, he came, he came to us broken. You know he yeah. was a jerk. He didn't do anything that bad while he was with us until the end. Yep. And now this. And we wonder how Mayock and Gruden will uh, will do this after wanting to pick him up to bolster their own line. I mean, and the problem is, is that they're going to have to actually deal with him because he's only getting suspended for two games. Only two games. Yeah, that's that is a that is a bit of a piss take, to be honest. I mean, you get done for you get done for taking drugs or in what was it Chris Heston's case? Is it Chris Heston or was it? Central Henderson, when he got pretty much banned the whole season for using marijuana to cure his Crohn's disease. Oh my God! Yeah, I I don't remember what player it was, but I remember that story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's I. It, I'm I'm I, I'm just speechless. I think think that is just I just don't know what's going through that guy's head. I mean, you walk into any building. I mean, I don't know if it said that he had like a saw in his hand or anything. But you walk into any building saying that, and then they find all these guns in your car, and you should be in, I don't know, jail. Or at yep. least at least for a night. You know? Or psychiatric center for uh, Yeah, for I mean, it's, it's fun to make fun of him because he's a train wreck, and he brings it on himself. But if this guy really has, like, you know, the whole thing with Junior Seau and all these players with CTE, and they... Yep. They lose it right before they die. Yeah. Which was what called caused Sao to kill himself, you know? Like, mm. if he's going through that, though, then let's stop joking and let's <coughs> get this guy some help. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, being on the O-line, you're smacking your head every every game over and over and over and over again. This guy's got something wrong up top, and I, I just don't know why he's not getting any help or being forced to get help or tests or something. Yeah. I mean, the NFL, if you're going to give him two games, give him two games and and a trip to the doctor, you know? Yeah. Do something more than just a two-game suspension. It's embarrassing. I think I think that's, that's something that the NFL need to look at. I think every professional sports outfit need to look at the, the effects of brain injuries and mental health 
you see it takes lives of of everyone and yeah as much as we want to laugh and joke about what he's actually gone through what he's actually going through the end of the day those sort of stuff is something that needs to be taken quite seriously yeah and the nfl has proven that they don't give a shit what happens off the field Mm. you deflate some footballs then you're going to get in trouble yeah Uh, you know but if you hit a woman if you threaten to kill someone with a gun you you off the field, do whatever you want. One or two games, don't worry about it. But this, just, I mean, the NFL's yeah. got to take some responsibility. But, you know, they don't care. They view these as, you know, they don't even view the players as employees, you know? Mm. They view them as, like, private contractors. You're in and you're out. We're, we don't want to take care of you. Do whatever you want. It's just they're responsible, you know, because it's their game. But whatever. Exactly. I'm... We're trying to go on to something a bit more. Uh, that's pretty much the news in a in a nutshell. I think it's been a very slow, slow news week as um as it usually is around this time. Yeah. Uh, I think we'd just go straight into the main the main article, the main. Um, I have a lot of hockey news. If you want to talk about hockey. Uh. <laughs> no. Nah. Okay. Probably not. I probably right. probably save that if there's if we get to a. Get to a show where there's barely any news, barely any content yeah. to do. Then, then why not? We'll make it a make it a UK Bills all time sports um, podcast. Yeah, I'll just go make my own UK Sabres podcast. Don't worry about. <laughs> it. No, I mean they're they're doing all right. They've got they're from what I can see, and I'll say I'm new to hockey is probably most of you heard last last episode. I think. I hear that the moves they're making are good, so let's hope they um, let's hope they start doing. Yeah, a it's bit exciting. Uh, I mean, I think we're all thinking that, that more moves are coming, and that's always exciting. You know, the more transactions, the more fun the fans are having. So, yeah. But uh, right, so that's the news out of the way. That's a nice brief, very disturbing, but yeah, very, very um eye-opening to say the least what we're going to go on and what we're hoping to do for the next um next few episodes up leading up to training camp and obviously the start of the season is to do a preview of the um of the position so quarterback running back we'll be discussing today and through the next episodes taking a look at the other positions evaluating and with an ultimate aim, after the last session, we would have um, potentially our own team 53-man roster. Yeah, hopefully so, we get this done before the season starts, before the actual 53-man roster is completed. Yes, yeah. it should be. We should be able to do it. That's our, uh, that's our aim. So oh, yeah. what, what, what me and Alex are going to do, we're going to take each position. We're going to talk a little bit about it. And then we're going to have a friendly discussion probably on some of the easier ones and maybe a bit of argument on the uh on the more harder ones on who we think would be on the 53-man roster we'll eventually agree whether it be going to var or or anything like that and hopefully keep you all updated with the um with our uh our 53-man roster well hey i mean var works well for americans yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I I I, should, I don't think I should have brought that up. 
Uh, is that either that or blooming the um or the cricket, which I've got on the background. But... I'd say probably half the listeners have just shut us off. Like, oh, that's stupid American, whatever. Probably. I'll, Sorry I'll probably that. see that. Oh. Soon, soon to have the word VAR and American. You got that. Nah, screw yeah. this. We're, we're, we're turning off. But this is going to be a, a, a low listened to episode. <laughs> yeah. Please, please, guys, just just ignore anything that comes out of Alex's mouth that yeah. requires American and football and the World Cup. So. Okay. Keep keep tuning in. Just zone out on those bits. <laughs> don't worry. About, yeah, don't worry about what I say. Sorry about that. <laughs> so we're going to start off with the with the quarterback room. So on the roster, as everyone knows, we have um, Josh Allen, we have uh, Matt Barkley, and we have Tyree Johnson. J- Johnson, sorry, Jackson. Johnson, Jackson, Jackson. Jackson isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking Johnson for. I don't know. Yeah, but. I think. What have you got to say on that? What 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 what's your views on on that? And we'll probably know that we're going to probably take Alan Barkley, but yeah, we can see what's uh, see what's going on. Yeah. So for me, when I look at you know, from it's, it's obvious Josh Allen's a starter. When I look at the backup, I think about Matt Barkley. I feel like he's still a young guy, and it worries me that we don't have like a veteran QB on the roster. Hmm. But, I mean, Matt Barkley was drafted in 2013. He's been around. He's been on a few teams. He knows the league. He knows how things work. He knows how to, you know, read defenses. He knows how, you know, the the ins and outs of how everything works. I mean, I wouldn't say that he's uh, the best backup in the league. Maybe fringe top 10 best backups in the league. Uh, Yeah. I haven't really gone through that list. There's some really atrocious ones out there. There's some really good ones out there. But, um, I mean, Allen says he feels comfortable with Al- with uh, with Barkley. Um, kind of walk him through how things go, and that's great. I want to say that's Barkley's job to do. Um, I guess, I don't know. I mean, who's <laughs> Allen gets hurt. Barkley goes in. Who's our, Who's the backup then? Is it uh, the punter? Is it the kicker? Uh, do we have a quarterback? Do we have a wide receiver that's a quarterback or something on the roster? I think uh, that emergency quarterback position—that's my real number one worry. I think it's I think the, the 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 public and the viewers will probably correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe some some will. But I have a feeling that David Seals the fifth played yeah. quarterback before transfer or before transitioning to wide receiver so yeah, i want to say cole beasley let's see yeah let's see if he played quarterback in college or something while you do that i'm gonna i'll have a look at davis hills the fifth because i think he did okay i think he was the one as well um let's have a look do 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 oh yeah so he uh cole beasley played quarterback in high school they converted him to wide receiver in college. Yeah, uh, there we go. David Seals, in 2014, he committed from USC and eventually signed um, a letter of intent to play at West U- West Virginia. He began his college career as a quarterback, but moved to res- wide receiver as a freshman. Okay. So Look out he, for him for the gadget plays. Yes. Yeah. No more McKenzie, potentially David Seals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I... So there's I the all there's the all important third quarterback. Yes, I th- I can understand where 
way come from being a bit a bit apprehensive when when Barkley goes down and obviously him being the backup. I mean, everyone's going to rave about what he did against the um what he did against the Jets in his uh, pretty much his one and only one yeah. and, was it one and only start and yeah. out for two yeah, games, wasn't it? One game, yeah. But my, my I'm just thinking that he's been in the obviously he's been in the bowl system for the rest of that season and obviously this year he's more comfortable with the receivers. He's getting better receivers like Allen. Okay, he's not gonna get enough in the first team reps, but he's that guy who's had the experience, whether it be his backup, I can't remember who he's previously um who he's previously started for, backed up from in his uh in his career, but he's got he has got that experience. He knows he knows various various routes and can yeah. play and can face. You can't you can't ask for more from a backup quarterback. Just have some experience, help the young kid through it. I mean mm. Tyrod in San Diego, Bridgewater in New Orleans, <laughs> Tannehill in Tennessee, those are the best backup quarterbacks probably, you know. Yeah. It's Keenum in Washington, those are the best backup quarterbacks. Um Josh Rosen or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, do we have a starter for them yet? You know, we'll see. Mm. I mean, I mean, let's just. I'm just looking through it. Um, he was originally selected by the Eagles, and he was behind Nick Foles and Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona. He was briefly on them, released without playing. Then Chicago. He was behind Brian Hoyer, Jay Cutler, San Francisco. He was beaten out by Hoyer and um, C.J. Bethard. And then obviously backed up to Drew Stanton and Andy Dalton when he went back to Cardinals and Bengals. So, okay, he hasn't had that many. No, I mean, he hasn't played very much, but what he did with us was great, and that got him enough to do. I just see this article on Buffalo Rumblings. If Josh Allen train, if Josh Allen derails, when might he be benched by the Bills? I'm gonna say not all, never. Mm. If Allen stinks, does he get benched? And I think no. You want him to. The season lives and dies with Josh Allen. Yeah. And if he does poorly, I don't think Matt Barkley will get you better than that. Yes. So he's only there to play if Josh Allen gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I, a I crazy, agree. That's a cra- crazy article. Yeah. I mean, even if Josh Allen does does fall out, it will be it'll be interesting to have him as as the backup. Maybe even we try and get a lower, maybe in the next draft, find a wide receiver in the lo- a wide receiver quarterback in the last last rounds to. To even learn under both of them to be Josh Allen's backup. Tyree Jackson can stick, you know. I mean, he's not going to get signed to to anyone else's practice squad. He'll be on our practice squad, you know. I mean, we don't need to think about another quarterback. So, Mm. yeah. I mean, yeah. So for for the fifty three man, we're only going with the two quarterbacks, right? Allen and Barkley. Yeah. I can't see. I could see him if they think that Jackson could get picked up by someone on waivers I think they may may try and stash him and get him on the roster yeah but 
Well, if we pay him the max we can for a raw for for a for a practice squad player, then the only interest he would ever have to leave our practice squad would be to go and actually be on a roster somewhere else. And I don't think any team would want to roster him right now. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think if we if we pay him max practice squad, which is peanuts, then his, I mean we don't need to worry about that. Yeah. So I think I think as far as we know, he is on. He's going to be on a. He's probably going to be on the practice squad. They wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't have signed him as an undrafted if they didn't think there was something in him. Or for we know, he could just been a camp body for the um for the third string, and then yeah. he gets cut right at the um right at the end. But mm-hmm. no, I I kind of agree. It's it's only going to be the two Barkley and Allen that we'll um we'll go with. And obviously, if something does happen, then yeah, I mean for now, I really wouldn't put it past them to if someone gets cut. Just to bring a guy on, mm. just to stash him. I could see that happening. Yeah, I mean, if if a vet, if another veteran gets cut, it's possible that they could um, they could bring him in, like like a Derek Anderson situation. If they if they feel that he's going to benefit Allen even more than he already yeah. has, obviously. Yeah, like another mentor. Yeah, just a brain more than we need a. They would bring on a brain, not an arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's pretty much set in um, set in stone there. Yep. Next one is next one. Next position we're looking at is the running back position. Now, this is a crowded, crowded room. So you got you've got Lashawn McCoy. You've got um, was it Frank Gore, Devin Singletree, T.J. Yeldon. You've got Marcus Murphy. You've got um, was it Christian Wade? Who else am I missing? Senorice Perry. Are you missing anyone else at all? Can I think? McCoy. I'm just trying to go through my notes to find out if I've if I've missed anyone, which I don't think I have. And, yeah, we have. And seven, you also got seven running backs right now. Yeah, and you also got TJ. Not TJ Yeldon. Sorry. Um. Patrick DeMarco as your um yep. as your fullback. So it is there is quite a um quite a logger jam and yep. this one is gonna be an interesting battle to look out for during um during training camp. Yeah, I'm really uh this is the one that I obviously just when looking at quarterback and running back, this is the one I put the most time into, obviously. Um you know, I think I said in an earlier show that we probably wouldn't cut McCoy. But in really trying to break this down, I think it's an absolutely strong possibility that we cut LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. It's not a position that you need to have a top guy at. You know, I've been, I've, I've been an advocate for don't pay running backs. Um, you just don't need to have a Pro Bowl running back on, our, on your roster. Mm. Look at the teams that were in the playoffs last year. The Colts, nope. Texans, nope. Seahawks, nope. Ravens, no. Eagles, no. Bears, no. Chiefs, I mean, once they cut him, they didn't have one. Patriots, no. Only four teams in the playoffs had a Pro Bowl running back. You know, the Saints, the Rams, uh, the Chargers, and the Cowboys. Yeah. So uh, it's obviously a passing league, and running backs, you just stick them in. It's, for me, it's all about, you know, people will say, oh, my God, what would Trent 
Richardson, you know, Trent Richardson, he was supposed to be great and he sucked. You know, it's not always about the offensive line. No matter how good your O-line is, your running back still needs to find the holes, blah, blah, blah. If you have four running backs on your roster, one of them will find the holes if you have a good offensive line. So you don't need to pay a running back a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm looking at our running back situation as cutting McCoy, having Singletary, Gore, Yeldon, Murphy, and uh, Perry for special teams. Would you would would you actually cut him, or would you actually see if you can try and trade him? Do you think there's a trade market for McCoy if you're going to do that? I mean, obviously knowing the the front office and McDermott, they're obviously they're not fancying and they don't don't think they're going to yeah. cut him or even trade him. But but if my philosophy rings yeah. true with half of the GMs in the NFL, and I'm pretty sure it does, that you don't have to pay a running back, why would you pay? a 31-year-old running back. Mm. I think if you trade McCoy, you're going to get a sixth-round, fifth-round pick for him. Not even probably sixth-round pick. Yeah. Sure, try it. You know, they obviously would. But then they would just cut him. If he, so does, is... if he comes to camp and doesn't show any kind of burst, you know, yeah. he's going to be in the first round of cuts. Yeah, no. That, that, I would, that I would agree with. I mean, as I say... The the front office say that if they did if they did want to trade him or cut him they would have done it by now they see him as part of the part of the plan could it work could it be cut it as you say it's, it, training camp is the time for us to to figure that one out and for them to figure it out and see where they um where they go through I know him and Josh Allen are really close. They even got their own. Um, have they got their own handshake or oh, something like that. Hand, they got a real good handshake. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think regardless, I think Josh Allen will be there uh, to the front office saying, "No, no, don't cut him, don't yeah. cut him. Who am I gonna have my uh, my great?" But then hand- why do you bring in Frank Gore? Why do you bring in T.J. Yeldon? Why do you draft Singletary? It was the, it was the Yeldon signing that put me over the edge on McCoy because you're not okay. gonna, you're not gonna cut Frank Gore. Because mm-hmm. he's just Frank Gore. Yeah. Why You know what you're going to get out of Frank Gore. Why would you cut him? Right? <clears throat> Yeldon, what, you already have your running backs. We signed Yeldon late. Why would you bother doing that if you're just going to cut him? Mm. I'm, so, just, I'm just wondering if they have an eye for, for next season. I mean, obviously, I think McCoy's in his contract year this year, I think. Um, Gore obviously there for a bit more veteran presence, and he obviously a good pass blocker um, on pass protection. Obviously, Singletary they're drafting for the future. Yeldon is one where I think they are they are planning for next season with him, with McCoy and Gore potentially potentially leaving. But what I like about Yeldon is he can catch the ball in the outfield so he could be that that running back safety net if if needs be and obviously if, he can run. But if you're Yeldon, right, and you're talking to the Bills about signing a contract and you say, if you I'm Yeldon, why would you want me? What do the Bills say? Oh, for next year? If I'm Yeldon, I'm like, no, I want to play this year. Screw you, I'll go sign somewhere else. You know? I mean uh, I don't think I don't think any team at, with such a disposable position, why would any team sign a running back a year before they need him? You can probably get someone that's as good as Yeldon 
next offseason. Mm. I mean, it's the least it's it's the it's the position that requires the least amount of prep to start right away. Yeah. You can draft him in the fifth round and plug him and play him. That's running backs. Yeah. So, I mean unless unless the game plan is to run like two running back sets all the time. But I mean I don't I think there's just too many. Yeah, I think I think this offense is is one that's gonna keep keep defenses guessing. I mean, I don't even think that that DeBowell actually has knows what he wants to um wants he wants what he wants to do with, with the running backs and so But then we again, should have done that. When we had Fred Jackson and CJ Spiller, they should have been on the field at the same time and that rarely happened. Yeah. Uh, so I think this whole idea about you know rolling two running backs, it's just it takes up a roster spot on the field. Mm. If if McCoy stays, then where does Singletary, Gore, and Yeldon? Where do they get any playing time? Why would Yeldon sign here if he's not going to get any playing time? Because he's clearly behind Singletary or Gore, unless Singletary is the guy who sits all year. But then what? Why draft him? I think what what we're hearing, what I've been hearing from from minicamp and OTAs, is that Singletary has really taken taken the ball by the horn, so to speak, and actually has put in some really good performances and wowed a few people. So I think I think anything, I think McCoy, if he doesn't get cut or traded, will be your starter. I think that Singletary may have that good of uh, training camp that he'll become the backup and you'll have gore in for any um for like your third downs or your short yardage where he's got that power and strength to bulldoze his way his way through and and yeah yeldon with him you, you got you had to be a fly on the wall when he actually was in in chats with brandon bean and sean mcdermott on what his role would be maybe they've promised him something maybe they've said what the plans are and he's he's excited about it we we wouldn't know unless unless we managed to get him on and actually ask him or someone yeah, else, someone from Jones asked I'm him on. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't give us the honest answer. Yeah. He'd give us one of those, you know, generic, I'm a player, this is what I have to say kind of answers. Mm. Now, it's interesting. I'm just reading that LaShawn McCoy was the one said he was begging Frank Gore to sign with the Bills. Uh, I think I think that's... That shows. I don't know what that shows. It probably shows that he's a bit more. Um, he knows that they may need a bit more veteran presence, or there's stuff that maybe it's it's McCoy saying that he knows he needs to get less carries. Yeah, and then obviously that would be, and then obviously that's why they're starting Singletary as well. I think. I think also that McCoy and Gore are are pretty good buddies. I think. Yeah, big time. Having him, having Gore there, will help help McCoy be a bit more focused and determined and know that one little slip up and can see Gore and Singletary and or Singletary yeah. actually overtake him. So having that, having that extra presence there and especially helping out a young, um, a young quarterback and the um, wide receiver mm-hmm. core, which Barr, Beasley, um, Roberts and, and, and uh, John Brown, is probably one of the the youngest and inexperienced. Okay, take out Zay Jones, who's entering his third year wide receiver core we have. So it's another 
veteran presence to take over the mantle from from Carl Williams. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, Gore's, Gore's. I mean, I don't know if Gore's a loud guy. I don't think he is, but I mean, just just in at least among the running backs and and, and for Josh Allen, mm. there's value there for sure. It's just, I mean, I you see these guys. They say they want to play. You know, if I'm a run, if I'm a player in the NFL. Oh my God, pay me and I'll sit on the bench. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, these guys, you know, they want to play, and I mean, Frank Gore, he's a realist. He knows his mileage. Uh, mm. So break it down for me. How many how many carries in a game does the running back position get overall? Thirty. Seven. I would say something like that. It depends on obviously. Of what, how the style they want to go and do. I mean, as we saw in the in the snow game against the, the Colts, I think they ran the ball a lot more. But oh, yeah, if we're talking like fifty times because you have to. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if we're talking just a normal autumn day when it's sunshine and there's no snow, pitch up, pitch and all that, I would say it. I would I would say about thirty. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. say maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more, but then. It depends if your if your wide receivers are being shut down, and your running backs are actually playing that well that you could actually get attempts out of it. You can get them in mismatches in the outfield. Then I'd probably say a little bit more. But in a in a game where that you can control the clock, and it's seventeen ten, it's a close game. Each team is getting between fifty and sixty total offensive plays in. Um, yeah. So McCoy gets fifteen. Gore gets ten. And then Singletary gets five, and then Yeldon just twiddles his thumb on the bench. Mm. It doesn't make any sense to me. <coughs> yeah, I can't I mean, figure it out. That's why yeah. I'm. That's why I'm cutting McCoy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I want to. You want the young kid. The young kid's the one that's got the legs. You know. Yeah. I'm just. I'm. I. I still maintain that they're looking to to next season, especially with. As I say, with Singletary and Yeldon, yes, I I can I can see the the gripe of why would Yeldon come if he's going to pretty much play fourth string. But yeah. we, as I say, he only came in late, so he didn't get that much of a training camp. So or maybe no other team wanted him, so that's why he was signed so late. Potentially, yeah. uh, but that's where training camp will then come in. As I say, come into effect. It's mm-hmm. with with that and with um, but with then the yeah, likes. So- Think about, oh. sorry. So, so we had. So yeah. So what are your who who's of your running backs on your fifty three man roster? Which ones are getting carries? Well, in in one game or during the season? During during yeah. If if everyone's healthy, in one game, who gets carries in in the game? I would say McCoy will get the will they get the shed load. I would say Singletary gets gets more than Gore. I, I think Gore is there for your third downs and for your short yardage. So mm-hmm. I can see McCoy and Singletary being being one and two. It depends, say, if they've got a package for Yeldon or they've got a package for a number four um, running back, then they may get the odd one or two. But I mean, McCoy can run routes, you know? Mm. Yeah. So I just, it's so tough to think. I mean, let's get the easy ones out of the way, and then we can come back to this. Um, 
who's who's your special teams players at running back? Do you have uh, Marcus Murphy on the 53-man roster? No, I've actually gone, and I don't know what your view is in this, is Patrick Del Marco, the fullback. Mm-hmm. I've got him... I've got him on my on my fifty three, and he does. He actually is a special teams player as well, so he's yeah. given us our the versatility there, versatility on there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that we signed Sonoris Perry for special teams, so I have Perry Murphy and Demarco on special teams. But mm. I'm kind of counting Demarco as a, his own position in fullback. Yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm so- saying of of the seven running backs that we said, McCoy. Singletary, Perry, Wade, Gore, Yeldon, and Murphy. I'm saying cut McCoy. Wade's on the practice squad, so we're running with five. What is? What? How many? What are? The, what? How many do you have? I have. I'm including fullback as the running back okay. stable. So I've got five as well. I've got. Mm-hmm. I've got McCoy. I've got um, Singletary. I've got Gore. I've got Yeldon. I've got Del Marco. Okay. I think. Now thinking about it, I think I don't know if he's if he's played special teams or or not Yeldon, but I think he could be potentially on the special teams, maybe as a backup kick kick returner. I mean, yes, we've got we've got Perry who predominantly has played special teams as um, as I guess punt punt and uh, kick returner, but we've potentially got that one already in Andre Roberts, the wide receiver. Yeah. So, I think, I say this again. This is contentious. I, I would probably see on that, on that roster, Singletary, McCoy, Gore, Yeldon, Delmarco, unless Perry Murphy, hell, even Christian Wade, they have a stellar training camp. I can't see any of those guys actually breaking those five that I've selected. I'm yeah. Obviously. I think I'm having to guess that obviously Perry is Perry's going to be over Yeldon in your um, in your five. I mean, no, I mean, I, I I don't see Perry getting any carries. I think he's just a special teams guy. Uh, so you, so you, I, I might like Yeldon more than I should, but yeah. So it's so just, pretty much you have him cut, as they're going to cut a lot of guys that we know the names of like most often when they make cuts they're like oh whatever i don't care about this guy i don't care about that guy but it just seems like this year they're gonna have to cut some guys that we kind of probably wish they don't yeah that's what it feels like yeah which 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 shows how well since being a mcdermott have actually come in and actually changed the philosophy that they've been able we're going to be we're going to be cutting those players that we think oh god they why we cut them they're actually yeah. they can make an, an impact on any team and then that'll show you that over time their talent valuation and what they're actually looking to achieve they're getting those extra, they're getting those players in that against what the media's saying that no one wants to come to buffalo mm-hmm. even though i did see a really funny tweet was it an nba tweet or something like that that if if someone doesn't want to trade or if the NFL we want to trade, they send you to Buffalo or something like that. Oh. I can't remember where it was. Um, but what what I can see is you there will be cuts and obviously going forward we've got we still got all the other positions to go. You see what cuts are there and you will you ask yourself, can they make that imp- impact on other teams? 
in nine times out of ten with some of the ones, especially like offensive line, potential linebacker, and cornerback, maybe yes, you can. Yeah, that just shows. Tough. Yeah, it just shows what depth you have in um, what depth you have and what depth you're building and the culture you're building. I mean, mm-hmm. next year we only have six picks. Right. So yeah, unless I guess we... I can see build it now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so unless obviously they, if they do look to trade McCoy, which, which is possible, they may just cut him. If they do like, if they do trade him, that's probably what they're going to do over cutting him if they went down that route. Because even if you get a anywhere from a fourth to a seventh for McCoy as that one extra, you need those. Pick, you just you want the picks. Yeah, that they they've always said we aim to build through the draft. Yeah, and obviously bring in the players when they're available, and the players that will actually fit the mold, fit the um, fit the schedule. Uh, that's that's my take on that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, for okay, for the fifty-three man roster, then. So, we'll we'll agree so far on Gore, Singletary, and Del Marco. Yeah, yeah, Del Marco. We need him as a fullback. Yeah. So have those three locked. Your other two positions, do you you still thinking they're gonna cut him? This is thinking from not from the team perspective. So I mean I put yourself in the head of McDermott and and Bean. I had that I had us I had him I had them cutting McCoy in my notes, but now that I read that McCoy was a big component in bringing Frank Gore on it's just like, are we listen? If we're listening to the guy, then hmm. we're probably not going to cut him. But if I'm in charge, I'm cutting him because I don't care about the running back position uh, to have a, an aging talent. Okay, so, it, so in saying that, I should cut Gore too. But I think <laughs> I think I think Gore carries more value than McCoy does because yeah. McCoy can't. We don't have that strong runner. We have short and speedy all over the place um and gore gives you something that they don't so yeah i'm i'm, I'm running with singletary gory eldon murphy perry and demarco so we'll so we'll say we've got gore singletary del marco yeldon we are we gonna put mccoy in there we gonna you we gonna take be brave and actually um choose someone else or are we gonna do we have to agree on this? I don't know. I mean, we could, <laughs> I mean, we could either do, we could agree, or we could, as we go through, if there's a difference, we we write it down. We put it to a um, put it to Here, a poll again. We I could, mean, last last we time could, we put, we could make our own 53 man rosters, and then at the end of it, whoever has the most guys on the roster wins, and has to, and the loser has to, you know buy him something <laughs> we, could, oh. we could really make this a competition oh that that could be interesting yeah so I, I mean i i think i think you would probably have a more conservative roster and i think i would have some really extreme cuts mm. and i think that's bad on my part okay okay so, so you, you would probably win if we did it that way <laughs> i mean Let's let's put it this way then. Let's when we do as we're doing these position reviews, if we do it from 
the Bills' perspective, so McDermott and Bean's um, perspective on what the 53-man potentially would look like, and then we go away and do our own our own 53, and then the last show, once we've um, reviewed the last position group, we come back and we run through what our 53-man roster is, each one of us, mm-hmm. and then we then see, we can put it to a poll as well, and we can see when the cuts come in, who's closest, and okay. the loser has to do a forfeit or, or buy something for the, um, as you say, for the, for the other guy. Yeah, we can, we can, we can, we can put it out there. Uh, whoever loses the fifty-three man roster prediction, uh, what do they have to do? We can, we can, we can pull the audience, see what they have to say. True. Yeah. Leave, well, okay, we'll leave it on the fan decision. So, hmm? in in this instance, we're thinking McDermott, we're thinking Brandon Bean, we're thinking the season. Okay. We've got we've got Yeldon, we've got we've got um, Singletary, Gore, Del Marco. Um and I'm going to think Del Marco, Gore, Singletary, Yeldon. If you're, me, if you're asking me to pick the 53 man roster based off of what I think McDermott and Bean would do, I think yeah. they. I think you're 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 keeping all of them. You're maybe cutting Perry. Or, you're probably cutting Murphy. Mm. You're you're keep you're keeping McCoy, Singletary, Perry, Gore, Yeldon, Demarco. That's yeah. what I think they'll do. Personally, you would cut. You would cut would McCoy. Cut Me personally, I would cut McCoy. I think the Bills will cut Murphy. Yeah. Okay. So. And then Wade is on the practice squad. Yeah, yeah. I think that's unless he unless he balls out quite bad, quite quite well. Yeah. yeah he is going to be. Mm-hmm. He is going to be um on the uh on the practice squad, mm-hmm. which is uh which is good. I'm happy. With, I'm it's happy with first, that. It's a good first step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so far then on our, on the Bills 53 man roster, again, this is the Bills, not our own personal one. We'll deal with that towards the end of the reviews. We have Barkley, Allen, McCoy, Singletary, Gore, Yeldon, and Del Marco. I think they're keeping Perry too. Okay. So, um, that first probably question. means. I think they're keeping Perry for special teams. Okay, so I think that that'll then mean we'll keep that. Well, obviously we'll keep him on there. So we'll put him on there, and then what position do you think they'll take it away from? Potentially wide receiver, maybe. No, I think wide receiver might be deep too. But uh, I think, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, once we get to those positions, we'll we'll see what where it goes. Okay, so. So that's that. What we're gonna what we're gonna do after this break is we're gonna introduce and actually do our all time bills uh, team. We're gonna do it position by position on what we review on the episode. So this this episode we're gonna do the the quarterbacks and the running backs. So we're each going to petition a couple and we're gonna put it to a poll. We'll leave that up for a week to allow you to vote. We'll reveal the results on the um, on the next episode. So do please stick with us, and we'll be uh, we'll be right back. So you're going to leave out either OJ or Thurman. Yes, that's dangerous. 
is dangerous and welcome back to the red white and buffalo blues a uk bills podcast in the first section you heard us talk about the 53-man roster and the previews of each position we are now looking into our next section and some we hope to to carry on and get your input with as well and it's the bills all-time team now for this we're choosing pretty much two at most positions so in this instance we've got our starting quarterback and a backup quarterback and running back one running back two we're both going to champion someone or two players each and then as i say we'll put it to twitter and we'll um we'll let you the fans decide and let you build the ultimate bills team so alex Start us off. Do your champion. So for quarterback, I'm going to go Todd Collins and – no, I'm kidding. Um, DJ Manuel? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it would be so much fun to do this with the worst Bills of all time. True. Um, Maybe yeah, another so, time. Uh, obviously, the best quarterback in Bills history is Jim Kelly. And then if anyone listened to my Josh Allen podcast, you know that I love stats. And the stats have spoke to me. And the <laughs> best the best backup quarterback or the, the best number two quarterback, the best yeah. quarterback underneath Jim Kelly in Bill's history is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We've got breaking news. If, are you, is it, if anyone's out there as a cricket fan, you probably listen to this live uh, later today or you haven't seen it or not. England have just won the Cricket World Cup. And the Super said minutes ago that they weren't going to. Ah, that's what I thought. <laughs> now just we're in the background, and all of a sudden, the last uh, last ball, they get a, they get a run out win. So, really? Yeah. No. Okay. But, okay. Well, sorry, congratulations. Sorry. Yeah. We're not going to mention anything else, but we'll get we'll get straight back to what uh, to the. Uh, I mean, people will know by the time this show comes out, so you don't have to worry about spoilers. But that's right. Yeah. I should put a spoiler alert on there, but no. Hey, oh. <laughs> if this comes out tomorrow, then people would have heard about it today. So don't worry about it. Ah, right. But Congra- anyway, congratulations. I don't know what that means, but congratulations <laughs> on winning whatever you just won. <laughs> okay, so back back to it. Back to it. That little uh, little bit of excitement. But, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have. Ryan, I, I'm saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best. Is the second best Bills QB in history, and a lot of you are probably going to say, "Are you nuts?" You have uh, Kemp. You have Ferguson. But uh, let's just look at the numbers. Completion percentage. Fitzpatrick, fifty nine point eight. Kemp, 46.4. Ferguson, 52.5. Fitzpatrick's is better. Um, if you want to consider who's the best Bills quarterback of all time in completion percentage, who would you say? You're probably going to look no further than Jim Kelly, but knowing, knowing you've said that to me, it probably means it's going to be someone else, like, say, Tyrod Taylor or... No, it's um, someone ridiculous. Trent Edwards. <laughs> no, uh, you would think Captain Checkdown, yeah, but it's it's Kelly Holcomb at 67.4. Ooh. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's was 62.3. But, yeah, uh, touchdown percentage, Fitzpatrick's was 4.6. Kemp was 3.4. Ferguson was 4.3. And I know that back then, Kemp and Ferguson, they weren't chucking touchdowns like they do nowadays. Mm. But... This is just touchdown percentage, so it's based off of you know completions, attempts, and and stuff like that. So yeah, Fitzpatrick's better than them still. Um, interception percentage, 
which I would consider to be shocking because we all consider Fitz to be, you know, a, a turnover machine, um, is 3.7, and Kemp's was 5.9, and Ferguson's was 4.6, so both higher. This is where you can consider, and I will allow an argument for the less you throw, you're going to have a higher percentage of turnovers because you're throwing less. So Kemp's 5.9 and Ferguson's 4.6 might be high just because they didn't throw it very often. Yeah. But still, looking at the baseline numbers, Fitz has a better interception percentage than them. Mm. An argument could have been made for Doug Flutie. His numbers are very comparable. But yeah. I think the, the biggest overall from this is not that Fitz was good. It's the fact that we haven't had another quarterback in our history. It's only ever been Jim Kelly, statistically. Yeah. And that's sad. Yeah. I mean, me, I, I will agree. Jim Jim Kelly definitely is is first. I'm actually going for Joe Ferguson as the backup. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was with them for 14, 15 years. He was the quarterback before Jim Kelly. So he retired in or left the Bills in 85, a year before Jim Kelly came on. Now, yes, times in the 70s and 80s, you're really, you weren't throwing the ball as much. It was more of a balance, maybe a little bit more towards a running style game back in those days. But I think that in his career, he's second second in his Bills career with 27,590 90 yards. Okay, yes, you said his completion percentage is lower than Fitzpatrick, but does that really mean does that really mean anything? Because we're looking at we take Josh Allen for example. Everyone said that his his percentage is less than what 60 percent, 56 percent, and all that, and well, he's not going to make it. Let that guy you know finish his career first. All right. Mm. <laughs> so I mean, we'll see what happens at the end of it. But I yeah. mean, Ferguson, Ferguson had more interceptions than touchdowns. I mean, I can't get behind that. Yeah, I mean, 181 touchdowns, 190 interceptions. Yeah, I mean, it was going through a period where... I mean, was... in, in his career, he's 196 touchdowns, 209 interceptions. Yeah. Just, it's tough for me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's touch and go. It's, it, it's close on there, but you still... I still think that not only did he do it through the air, he also did it on the on the ground as well. And in his debut in his rookie season, he had OJ Simpson as the running back at the time. So yeah, he had that safety net all the time of OJ to actually throw or hand the ball off to. So yes, his numbers may be a little bit deflated to what could be through OJ for sure. Yeah, so but I think what he's what he's done that time, and the fact that he could, he's used his legs as well as his um, as well as his uh, his arm, mm-hmm. I think he would actually give him. I would probably put him up there because it wasn't just the stats that really got him, got him the recognition. He was a leader on and off the field, yeah. and he would put he would put team success ahead of personal gain so whether he threw five interceptions or 10 touchdowns in a game 
and five inceptions, he wouldn't focus on the personal side. He would focus more on, oh, okay, we've I've just thrown three inceptions. Oh no, the team still won. That's why I'm more more happy about. Yeah, and so, I mean, and that was the game back then too. I mean, he's he has the most games played for a quarterback in Bills history. Yeah, I mean, it's it's him and Kelly in terms of yardage, and then Kemp is 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 far off from that. Yeah, you know, twenty-seven thousand to Kemp's fifteen thousand, so it's just them two. And he, no other quarterback has triple-digit touchdown numbers for the Bills. Only Kelly and Ferguson do. So yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I just like I like the average. I like average stats. I'm a big fan of average stats. Well, I mean, what what do you do on average for my team? And I know that Fitz is throwing more than him and stuff like that. So I, I get it. It's just. It's just the interceptions that 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 turn me off from him. I mean, just protect protect the ball, win the game, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't I mean, you know. I you know. I say that. I say that now, and I don't even know if I believe that because Brett Favre was the man. Yeah. You know? and he just chucked it, and he didn't care. So I get that. Um, I don't know. It's this whole thing is making me like rethink my quarterback philosophy. Like, do I want? <laughs> A guy to protect the ball, or do I want a guy to chuck the ball? But it's not like Ferguson was chucking it, you know. It's just yeah. I don't think he was that great at making decisions. Um, I mean, yeah, like quarter in terms of like quarterback rating. I mean, Fitzpatrick seventy nine point eight, Ferguson sixty eight point nine, and quarterback rating doesn't take into account, you know, like the era. Quarterback rating is quarterback rating. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but but the, if I go by that, then Tyrod is a ninety-two point five. So kill me. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking speaking of Tyrod, like before I was actually a toss-up between Ferguson and Tyrod for the um for the backup. Yeah. And the only reason why I was considering Tyrod is the fact that he could protect the ball well. Yes, he he'd run, run, run as well as throw, but. He could take care of that ball. We saw his interception percentages go quite, go quite low. Were really low. One point three. Yeah. So he had that. He had that ability to protect the ball. Yes, he would fumble a lot. He could potentially get injured a lot, and he wasn't passing as much, mainly due to the coverage and what was available. But I was. I was thinking about putting him in there as as an understudy, but mm-hmm. the fact that obviously Ferguson he's just second he's second in the all time Bills list on most categories. He's been a mainstay for for thirteen fourteen years. He's he's had that he's had the backups. He's had the positional. We had OJ Simpson. He's got he had the quality of wide receivers O line that. Maybe Taylor, EJ Manuel, Todd Collins, Trent Edwards, yeah, I mean, Josh forget, Allen. You mentioned EJ Manuel. Forget everything I said about quarterback rating because EJ Manuel's quarterback rating is a 77 and Ferguson's is a 68. So, ugh, forget yeah. what I said about quarterback <laughs> rating. But I just I think that him being a mainstay and what he also brought off the field as well as on the field as a leader, maybe his decision making with the touchdown to inception ratio may not be as good, but unless obviously we were living in that time, we would, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't know unless we went back onto, onto old game film. But yeah. I think that with him, 
he's that he would be that experience and he would be that good backup to to Jim Kelly, who until Alan decides to play out the park for the next ten, twelve years and break all um all the records, you will look at Jim Kelly and potentially Joe Ferguson as probably the two all time great Bills quarterbacks. I would have loved to take Flutie here. If Rob Johnson didn't exist, Flutie would have have played more and Flutie would have been my number two. It's just I can't justify it based off just numbers alone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay, yes. On these sort of stuff, yes, stats and all that may come into play. Some people may actually have their own opinion and think, screw the stats it's not exactly the stats it's how they actually um how they've performed how they've done all all through their career as in what they've done off the pitch how they've led how they've actually managed to gain and forget all about stats so as as you say this could go either way you could have we could have fluty hell we could even have frank reich even though he was mainly a backup you know, I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta take the stats off the screen right now because I just want to change my answer, to Doug Flutie, but I'm not gonna flip flop. <laughs> yeah, well, that's enough of that. It's Fitzpatrick, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a fact. I'm trying to find the fact I had against, I had for Frank Reich. Um, jeez, oh, what was it? Oh, Jesus Christ! I know there was. A really interesting fact. I'll I'll have a look at it. I'll find it, and I'll probably give it back on the uh, at the end of the um, end of the uh, podcast. But yeah. So on this instance, what we'll do, we'll put this on the um, put this on Twitter. We'll put it on Instagram. We'll put it on Facebook. We'll leave it up for as long as possible, and we want to get your views, want your opinions, and your votes. And for the next podcast, we'll reveal the answer. So you've got two choices. You've got my choice of Jim Kelly and Joe Ferguson, or you've got Alex's choice of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jim Kelly. Definitely not in that order, but yeah. they're the two. They're the two options. We'll put that poll up, and we'll uh, we'll reveal the answers on the uh, on the next podcast. So yeah. What we'll, what, we'll do, what we'll do now is let's go on to the running backs. Yep. Now, so you, you, you go first because I think you had some trouble with this one. Yes. My, my first one, I've gone, I've gone for Fred Jackson. Your now, first, your, did you say your first one? Your starting running back. No, no, okay. I'm, I, okay. I haven't decided, let's say, the other one I haven't decided yet, I'm probably going to be talking about both of them, and then one of them pop into my head, but my one of my running backs, we'll put it that way, one of my running backs is Fred Jackson. Okay. I mean, undrafted. So you're going so to leave out either OJ or Thurman? Yes. That's dangerous. It is dangerous, but I think for what he's done. First bombshell right here. Yeah. For what he's done outside of um, coming out of Co College, undrafted, he's been he's been a vocal leader for the Bills. He's been one of the most underrated players, and he's great 
he was great on third down and pass protections. I liked him. I like him quite a lot. Yes, he may not have put up the numbers that OJ Simpson, Thurman Thomas actually put up. Yeah. But you, for running backs, I don't just look at the numbers. I look at what they can do in protection. Mm-hmm. Because if you're calling a passing play or play action pass, you're going to potentially have that running back actually scanning scanning the area and actually trying to pick up any blocks for for the quarterback. And I think that Jackson was probably one of the better players at doing that than, than you can think of. He also had time as a kick returner and punt returner. So yeah. Yeah, that he first team. started with us. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to tell me. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, I have a Fred Jackson jersey, and I'm probably going to rock that Fred Jackson jersey until something happens with yeah. it. Yeah, it, it, it's going to need to become tattered for me to not wear it anymore. So, I just can't justify his 53 yards per game as being on the all-time Bills roster. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it. It's one of the two. Whether it be the starter. Probably not. I would still, I would still have him on there, as, as pretty much as as your backup, as your guy that will come in on on your third downs as a as a relief and in pass protection. I mean, as you say, the other one, the other position. Yeah, I, f- I feel like you're, I feel like you're, you know, you're stalling here. <laughs> With OJ or Thurman, what is it? <sighs> to be honest. I am going to say Thurman. Okay. As much as much as I love OJ, forgetting well, what he's re- done. Re- re- rephrase that. Forgetting, I was just about to say, forgetting <laughs> what he's done, murder-wise, case-wise, or anything like that. <laughs> murder-wise. What what he's done, what he did on the pitch, what he brought to the team on the pitch, on the field, the part when he was a Bill when he was first drafted to when he left. That part I loved him for. Yeah. Maybe the movie The Swell. I I really did like him in the in the Naked Gun. He was actually that's probably the only good thing he's done outside of um outside of football in my opinion. But that's uh, so that's my opinion. And I'm not gonna go into anything else anything else regarding what he's actually done in his personal life. But yes, he's done it. He's he's broken records. He holds I think does he still hold the record for the most most all-purpose yards or most rushing yards in a season still? For the Bills or for in NFL history? I think in NFL history, or has Peterson broken that or someone broken that? Not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, yes, he's done that. And yes, he's done it in, in fewer games. But for that, where's the output as well? In that period, how many times have the Bills make the playoffs, how many times do the Bills make it to the Super Bowl? Yes, he yes, he's electric. He had the O line behind him that got him those yards. But when the going got tough, could he actually get going? Yeah. That's my that's my thinking there. And with, with Thurman, what he's come out, who he uh, who's who he came out of Oklahoma State, didn't he, Thurman? Or was it Oklahoma? Ooh, I don't have that off the top of my head. He come, who did he come out from? One of those two. I know it was in Oklahoma, but he had, in his era, he had Barry Sanders 
as a com- as a main competition for him. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. So he had he had I say Barry Sanders as competition the all the way through, and he's done it. Yeah, he was um, he was a teammate of Barry Sanders at Oklahoma State. So he competed with him in college and also in the NFL, and he held his own. He's yeah. actually he 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 played well. He obviously part of the four the four Super Bowls. Yes, he shouldn't have forgotten he his helmet. Yards. He led the league in all-purpose yards a few times. Yep. So what he's what he's done there, and the output, i.e., with this with the Super Bowl and when it's been a bit tough. He's never stopped. I think gives him a bit more of a leg up than than OJ. As I say, I love OJ what he done, what he did for the Bills when he was there. But I think the likes of Jackson and Thomas, those two, their skill sets are closely closely linked. And if one were to go out, so I would have Thomas as starting if he came out through injury and all that. Jackson has the same skill set or similar skill skill set to Thomas that he could be plugged into that situation and still maintain yeah. that level of um, level of performance. Yeah. So I'd say the reason why I went OJ over Thurman, and this might shock you, but it's because of stats. Um, no, I didn't. That didn't shock. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've sitting down, so yeah, yeah the, no, it didn't didn't shock me that much. The biggest thing for me is that O.J. did it in less games. Yeah. O.J. was the first ever running back in NFL history to run for 2,000 yards. He did it in 1973. He did it in 14 games. Yeah. The next player to do it was in 84, Eric Dickerson. He did it in 16. Yeah. Do you imagine 143 yards per game? Yeah. Having that as a lock, that's unbelievable. You know? Mm. I mean... Yeah, OJ has 61 less games played for the Bills overall. OJ's yards per game for the Bills overall is 90.9. Thurman's was 69. Yeah. I mean, OJ's yards per average was 4.8. Thurman's was 4.2 yards per carry. So, I mean, that's you want to be north of 4.5 there. Um, mm. Overall, com- compare these two guys in NFL history. Take away the two years OJ played in San Francisco and the years that Thurman played elsewhere as well. The Dolphins. Um, uh, OJ's got a, his 4.8 yards per carry ranks 13th in NFL history. Thurman is ranked only at 114th. So every time I hand the ball to OJ, I know I'm getting top 15 all-time NFL history. Yeah. I think Thurman was better in the passing game 100%. But the whole, the whole idea is that OJ did more with less time. His mm. numbers are bigger uh, with less playing time, and that's that's huge for me. Oh yeah, yeah, I I I agree. What he what he did in that short amount of time in or not short amount of time, sorry, the short amount of um, games in the season. I am not going to um, I am not going to to argue with that. I think that shows that he was that almost one in a generation, one in a generation type player. Yeah. So I I will hundred percent say yeah, and that's why I loved him. I just that's why that's why it was hard for me to choose Thurman or OJ, and why I went for Thurman. I mean, what was it? 
yards per game in receiving what like 17.2 yards per game in receiving for 1924 yards for OJ and then you got Thurman which I'm just trying to to get up right now him he was well Thurman was an all-purpose machine I mean Thurman's Thurman's total yardage in his career was 12,074 OJ was 11,236 so I mean they're both they're both I mean OJ is in terms of they're both top 20 I mean OJ is 21 so sorry um in terms of total yardage. So they're both amazing. Mm. You can't go wrong. I, I guess I'm just choosing to have both of them, and you're choosing to only have one of them. So if my team, yeah. you, if my team plays yours, you know, who knows? But just yeah. saying. I was saying, with, with me, I I did it for mainly, yeah, for the all-purpose. All I mean, he had receiving... He had what four thousand three hundred forty-one yards um, in in a four hundred fifty-six receptions, sixty you know twenty-five point one yards per carry. So that was my thinking of having having OJ over or having sorry Thurman over OJ. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, we, I can't be mad about your choice. Yeah, you know, but I, I think that with we're both obviously obviously your your two selections would potentially be the same that I would have. I'm just thinking I'm just thinking of what you just don't want to what be like yeah, no, I, I would I think sense. what it'd be I think what it'd be like if we put that team in nowadays. So we put it in this type of football. So two thousand nineteen. You, you want all purpose guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because that way that way you can beat them a lot more because you have running yeah. backs that are good at catching the ball and good at running. So yeah. they're going to cause that mismatch, which can cause, which can give the tight ends, wide receivers, and even the quarterback more time to look around for targets and make those, um, make those plays. So mm-hmm. that's probably the reason why I went Thomas over, over OJ. Yeah. And again, for Jackson over, over him as well. I mean, Jackson. I just have him down also for his for what he could do on third downs and his pass protection, which which is needed. So, as I say, it it was it was a toss up. It was pretty much a coin toss. Yeah, you could say between the, the the murdery part is what kind of did it for you. No, no, no not even really. No, okay. no, no, no. no. Real quick, I mean, I know. So those are our two. We're not going to do a third one, but just hypothetically. You're a third running back off the top of your head. You I'd put OJ pick, in. Pick Thurman. You can't. I mean, you can't pick OJ. Pick somebody oh. else. Okay. Go, I can't real, pick OJ. Yeah. I will probably a wild card third running back. Wild card. I was gonna say. I'd probably say LeSean McCoy. Yeah. Again, same sort of reasons why he's an all-purpose. He can catch his runs. So I would say I would say LeSean McCoy hypothetically would be my third. Mine's Willis McGahee. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, yards, definitely. Yards per game average, seventy three point two. Better than Cookie Gilchrist. Better than Frank. Better than LeSean. Uh, but honestly, I mean, this is a strength in the Bills' history. You mm. can take Travis Henry, Joe Cribs, LeSean McCoy, Marshawn. 
and they're yeah. all going to be decent third picks. I think this is just an indication of the fact that, you know, Buffalo just has not been a passing team. Yeah. You know, how, think... many, how, many, how many quarterbacks can, like, other teams name where we have to, you know, look at Green Bay. How many quarterbacks can you say there? Uh, here you have one. But mm. how many running backs can Green Bay have, say, but we have these guys, you know? So, yeah. I just I wish, think uh, I wish we had more. I wish we talked more about quarterback. Yeah, you know? I think also you, you take into the fact the geographical location of Buffalo, the way well, they I'm wanted to play. Day, though I mean, yeah, Rogers, Favre, you know, I mean, um, Star. I mean, you had guys up there, you know. Hmm. Why can't uh, we? <laughs> it's it's one of those. You you could say it's one of those how the mentality of whichever coach, head coach comes in, how they want to play it. I think I think, people, it's the, I think it falls on the owner. It's it's what the owner wants, you know? Do you think Ralph really wanted just to pretty much beat the ball down the middle? Yeah, he was, I mean, he's, 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 he's a Detroit Buffalo guy. He's a hard-nosed, industrial kind of guy, you know? Mm. He's a smash yeah, no, guy can... for sure. Uh, yeah, as, 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 uh, I say, I don't know why Green Bay being in the same sort of region didn't didn't follow suit. But yeah, as I say, it's going to be the fact that you've got you've got the whole ethos of of the area of the town oh, itself, kind of thing. Yeah, that maybe they that's how they how coaches and GMs and owners want to try and fit their fit the philosophy of the team into it's the owner who hires the gm who hires the coach so it's all about the philosophy of what the owner wants their team to look like Mm. so i mean this is what ralph has always wanted the bills to look like just focus on this aspect of the game and not quarterback so yeah i mean it's it's a discussion that is could rage on for 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 ages and yeah. everyone as I say would have their own opinion on their on their two two running backs. I mean again I will put this again on the um on the Twitter. I will um I will say we'll put my boat down or my my options down of Thurman Thomas and Fred Jackson against Alex's OJ Simpson and Thurman Thomas. And I have again, OJ starting so Okay, OJ starting, yeah. and we'll again put it up for as long as possible on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and reveal the results at the end of the um at the start of the next podcast. So, what we got to look forward to coming up to next week or next episode, we'll look at the wide receivers and tight ends, and hopefully. Fingers crossed, and we can get the logistics sorted. We potentially could be talking to one of our opponents, yet to be decided or determined, about their off-season, what they think of the Bills' off-season, and their prediction for the uh, for the season. So we will we'll be trying to get one of those guys to come along and see if we can have a little chat about our opponents in 2019. Yep, that's what the rest of the summer is going to look like. The rest of the summer is position reviews, 
all-time Bills discussion, and we're looking to try and get every single Bills opponent, their UK podcast, their UK representatives on to preview the rest of the season. So it will be a interesting, interesting few weeks of interesting few episodes leading up to training camp. We'll then have reviews of training camp, and then obviously keep you update with every every cut, and obviously at the end of the last show when we preview the um, the safeties and special teams. Both me and Alex will give our own fifty three man prediction and leave you guys determine the forfeit to whichever one of us actually loses <laughs> the uh loses the challenge so i will say for this time until next time good evening good afternoon thank you for listening and go bills go bills <laughs> not us yeah, not, not us. us you don't know anything about heart mm-hmm. you don't know anything about yeah. work no. huh no. that's who we are Bills on three one two three bills.